Sean Lee is a prolific American composer and producer, credited on over 40 albums of assorted genres and shows no signs of slowing. After gaining a footing in the LA music scene, Lee relocated to London, inspired and invigorated by the local music trends. You're tuned in to Roots to Grooves. Welcome back, everybody, to Roots to Grooves. Roots to Grooves, baby. Seattle, Washington, what is up? And the world. But and we're here in world. Seattle. The world. Hello, world. Hello, Jay Purcell. Hello, Jesse Quigley. That's us. That means we're on Roots to Grooves. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. And uh, on this episode, we are talking about Sean Lee, a multi-instrumentalist and producer originally from Wichita, Kansas, United States of America, but um, he is based in London, which where he's been living for most of his life, he says now yeah. at this point. Um, he considers, considers himself a Londoner. Um, yeah, uh, you can hear him in some of his interviews, you can hear him kind of switch from that kind of Southern yeah. accent a little bit, yeah. or, you know, whatever, Midwestern. Yeah, and his uh, accent's a bit funky. It, at this yeah, kind of. <laughs> you can kind of hear him go uh, say a couple things in a UK accent a little bit. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a, an accent like that, but you can kind of hear him yeah. Yeah, go yeah. between the two. I thought it was kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, he definitely um, has a, a bit of an accent going on. Super cool guy. I guess uh, He's got this cool look going. It's like he's got that beautiful mane of, of silver hair. It's kind <laughs> of iconic. Yeah, long silver hair. And um, yeah, he's... Uh, like I said, originally from Wichita, Kansas, and um, I mean, where to start? We can start from his early beginnings, or uh, should we briefly talk about what he's been doing for the last well, few years? Well, I mean, or? yeah, we could start, because I didn't know who this was until uh, you mentioned it for this podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I guess he was um, Sean Lee Mahan, he was born, mm-hmm. okay. and, and uh, assumed um, his artist name is Sean Lee. Right. Shorter, tighter, sounds yeah. great to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know who this guy was, so I, I yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you the little story. You yeah. you mentioned it, started to do my research, so I went to his first album mm-hmm. under the name Sean Lee on Spotify. Yeah. I was like, cool, track number one, Eight yeah. Breaks. Sounds like a cool album name. Oh yeah, it's like cool. Starting <laughs> with some drums, sweet. Yeah. So I'm just chilling out, you know. Just got some drum, cool, long, yeah. long drum intro. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess the whole song was drums. Yeah. Next track, I think, was more drums. Yeah. And so it was kind of all drums. I was like, "What? What is this?" You're like, "What's going on?" Here? <laughs> it was like, "Interesting, cool." So uh, yeah, I guess before <laughs> that we, was my first impression. Yeah, before we describe anything else, it's uh, fair to say that um, uh, he, his first official releases on Spotify from 2002 all the way through 2003, five albums. They are all called Ape Breaks. So you have eight. Ape Breaks Volume 1 all the way through Volume 5. And uh, I think they're just all drums, right? Live recorded yeah, that's, drums. Yeah. yeah. And which I was like, I was digging. I was listening to it for a long time. Which is great. I wonder who sampled that because uh, yeah. just raw drum breaks that he, he recorded live in his studio and just put them out. And uh, Obviously yeah. kind of probably with the hopes, you know, meant to be yeah. sampled. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I mean, I would guess so. I don't know, or maybe I, not. I didn't. I never found anything about him talking specifically about those. Yeah, he um, has released like a few other albums later on in his discography, where it's, it's again just the drums. Um, 
he does it a lot, you know, drums being a, a real sort of main instrument of his. But he actually right. started out playing guitar and then drums. Um, so guitar, acoustic guitar being his first instrument. Mm -hmm. um, like he said, yeah, he started as a kid. Um, yeah, uh, Lebanese-American Indian ancestry. Yeah. And uh, well, Irish-American. Yeah, his mom had the Lebanese and... Uh, native american i think or yeah, american yeah indian yeah and then his dad is irish yeah um and uh yeah he just said he always was drawn to music as super young as a kid mm -hmm. and he never thought he would do anything else with his life other than play music and go on tour and do that and that's what he's right. done and, and that's what he's done yeah and he made it um i mean grand scheme of things super cool artist super yeah. cool dynamic um it's he makes music anywhere from from groovy rock to psychedelic rock yeah. to um, orchestral yeah. or symphonic rock even, you know, kind yeah. of blending some of this stuff. And so the main thing is that I want to say is he has a, diff a bunch of different projects. It's not just yeah. under the name Sean Lee mm -hmm. and he's got his albums that he's releasing. He's working with other artists, yeah. um, collaborating with other artists, and he has a bunch of different project names and he's, you know, extremely prolific and obviously just loves music incredibly prolific so i looked this up um over the last 20 years um under his own name and with collaborations with other people he's released 41 albums boom and three film soundtracks yeah and not only that he also had a career as a producer and uh, a session musician so he's he actually wrote songs for a lot of pop artists he actually played guitar and bass on the track Spice World by Spice Girls. Really? He, he, when you yeah. said Spice World, I didn't recognize that, but I was going to, yeah. what came to mind was Spice Girls. Yeah. So that yeah. So he's played, he played uh, a bunch of uh, instruments on Spice Girls albums. That's cool. Uh, there was this, uh, not famous in America, but famous in England, a, a pop, a girl pop group called Girls Aloud, which he also uh, produced a lot of stuff for. There's this guy, Ronan Keating, who was the singer from this Irish boy band called Boyzone. <laughs> uh, he played live drums for um, at some of his shows. This guy has, has had a career. It he, is and he's even played with Jeff Buckley, like back in the day as well in LA. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's working with some cool artists. I think at some point he, was, he's, he worked with Paul McCartney. I don't know if I'm music, but we can talk about it later. But he was doing a um, yeah a, a, for a film, a over, film over about thing, yeah. Um, uh, which is a term that I learned. Um, yeah, library music. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I am. Yeah. Um, I never heard about that until I heard him say that in an interview. Yeah, and it was a cool thing to learn about. Uh, you want to give us a little rundown, like? Okay, well, so like the the history of library music is um, back in the day there were all these composers that would create the most funkiest funky stuff you've ever heard and mm -hmm. it was just purely created for soundtracks for film and tv yeah and uh there was this like famous library called kpm um that uh produced all of these tracks and you know so you're thinking back in the days of like the mission impossible like tv shows and that when they had all the funky mm -hmm. things all those man dun, from uncle dun, 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 yeah dun. yeah yeah like all the soundtracks and the music that was used in those shows w was library music that was they just like created bunch of like albums that could be used for that stuff and so yeah skipping ahead a, a bit but he um he recently in the last couple of years um he always was 
like interested by that music and the history of it and who created it. And he always yeah. thought that, oh, you know, a movie should be made about the people that created those, that music. And he said it was rolling around in his head for years. Um, and, you know, he eventually came to the realization. He was like, well, I don't think anyone else is going to make this movie. So I'm probably going to have to make it. And, uh, yeah. And because he's known about this and he's been involved with library music and you know yeah. other productions and everything, of course. Yeah. Um, but he's he's how old? Um, he's currently fifty seven. Yeah. Think, so you know he's mm-hmm. been thinking about this for a long time, and he's yeah. been involved with it for a long time. And yeah. certainly, I've never heard about library music, and so he kind of took that on himself. And he was like, "I don't see people making what I want to watch, yeah. and what I think people should learn about this." Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "I'll do it myself." Yeah. I'll take that on, put it on my shoulders, and I'll I'll build this. So that is a great movie um, that he produced and did the interviews for. And together with a couple of other filmmakers it's on amazon i see it's called the library music film i haven't seen it yet i Aptly really names i really want to go check it out i do too i i wish i yeah. had uh, more time i wasn't able to to, yeah, to find yeah, where yeah. i could watch it or something in the amount yeah. of time yeah um that we gave ourselves to research but yeah i would recommend listening um watching it and i'm, I'm certainly going to watch it this week yeah me too it's uh it oh I'll, I'll read the description for it get prepared for some kind of trip through the music industry's parallel universe. Yeah. You'll get a lot of laughter along the way when Sean Lee travels back to the golden era of library music and introduces the legends, labels, and publishers of the genre. Damn. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, let's watch it right now. Right, the we rest should. of the podcast, we're going to turn down the lights. I'm going to click it. There's a watch party button on Amazon. I'm going to. You do have to pay for it, though. So, you know, streaming, $4.99. But I think it's worth it. And the proceeds will go directly to the filmmakers and to Sean Lee for putting this together. So, so. definitely somebody who deserves to, you know, um, reap some benefits of, you know, monetary yeah. value because he's bringing a lot of value to the music industry and to, yeah. you know, communities all over the world interested in music. Yeah, and in that he managed to um, interview some people that passed away like shortly after they interviewed them as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, he snuck in there just at the right time to make sure that um, those stories from those people were captured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, I think that's something that's really cool about this guy. He's he's really he's he's down for the history of music. Mm-hmm. He's interested in in what it is and why it is who listens to it and and where this music's being played yeah and kind of going back to what library music is because i'm still discovering what this is based on this podcast and the research for this podcast i guess library music is kind of defined as music that's not meant to be marketed as an artist's yeah. music mm-hmm. like hey check out my new song it's kind of meant to be like here's a library of music that you can use for tv shows or for advertisements or yeah. any marketing yeah and Obviously, there's a ton of good music and a lot of people would never uh, think about it because you're listening to an advertisement or it's the background music of a documentary, for example. Yeah. And it's still created to this day. But like, but that era of like, I don't know when it was created, like 60s and 70s, like I even found I was in a record shop, I want to say a million years ago, not that long. (laughs) Back in my days when I lived in... You're just a young chap, bro. Yeah. Back in my days when I lived in the UK, though, um, I found this LP vinyl called soho lounge heat mm, and heat. it's all um uh and that's a separate like music film library that was like based in soho in london what, what? and it's all like funky funky shit yeah give me, give me what's soho uh soho just uh you know a place in london like a little um like south downtown seattle is soto uh yeah it's like you know soho there's have a 
there's a Soho in New York as well. Um, uh, I don't know what it stands for, but um, okay, you know, it's a few blocks within within the city. It's a little district, yeah. an area. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to learn. I, I'm... Yeah, no, in London, um, yeah, Soho was like the place, and I think it still is where a lot of like movie film production houses are based. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like edit suites, um, post production for movies, um, offices, movie theaters. And I think that was one of the things he was kind of interested in what was going on in that area yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And so this, this, you know, kid from Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Why would he end up in the UK of all places? So we can go back a little bit. Yeah, let's rewind to the, the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so, to, you know, yeah. n- 1963, he's born in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a kid interested in music. Yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe you can... You have a little bit more background, but this guy's he's interested in stuff like um Glenn Campbell. Yeah. And and that came to mind because I know a, a song by Glenn Campbell, I think is Wichita Lineman. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. If cool. if you recognize that. And I don't know uh, if he's from Wichita. He is, yeah. Okay, so I mean there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, so yeah, he was a kid growing up there in Wichita and so you listen to the radio a lot. Um he started buying records. He got himself a guitar, then he got himself a drum kit, then he got himself a tape recorder. So, like, from real early, right out of the gate, he was listening to the music that was around him and trying to create. And, um, yeah, he said that, you know, music is... He said his childhood was very... Uh, it was like a magical world for him, I guess he said. And um, he did release an album. I want to get the name for it. I think it's called... Um, Rides Again, uh, which is he says is his most personal album. Um, he said he had the idea for the name of the album in the late 90s because it sounded snappy and looks good when it's written down. Mm-hmm. But he said it's a reflective album about him remis- reminiscing about his childhood in Kansas. Yeah, the, the first track on there is called Wichita. Yeah, This came out in 2019. Yeah. It's got a nice sharp image of him on the album cover. Yeah, Just kind of straight. Yeah. Um, you know, um, upper body and face headshot yeah. of him wearing like a gray uh, cowboy hat and a kind of a gray suit or jacket. Yeah. And he's got his silver hair. Yeah. Um, so it looks super sharp. And it, yeah, uh, like you said, it's kind of um, revisiting that past where he came from, paying homage to where he came from and, and reflecting yeah. on that. Yeah, musically and lyrically. And um, yeah, like the country music thing, he said he grew up, you know, around country music a lot and he said he really liked the guitar playing like the pedal steel and the singing of that old country music like you said glenn campbell tony j white who you mentioned as well who mm-hmm. who's someone he able was able to play with um in the early 90s as well um but yeah so he started out there and and um at a certain point he realized that you know if he wanted to make a career out of music he needed to move to a major city um, like New York, LA. Yeah, he thought about London. Yeah, he thought about Nashville. Um, Nashville, but he was like that probably didn't fit entirely like the type of music he was doing. Because he, I mean, he grew up with country. Yeah, but he didn't want to. No. Yeah. He didn't want to do country in Nashville. You know, especially yeah. maybe at that time was a little more focused on country. I think so. Yeah. I think um, now it's like it's a different vibe. I think a lot of people that aren't doing country are based in Nashville now, like Jack um, White. Yeah, White yeah. Is based down there. There's definitely more than country going on there. Yeah, but um, yeah, and that would have been like in the 80s. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot more country. So 
Yeah, so it was either really in New York or LA, and he picked LA because of the weather, basically. Like the palm was, trees, baby. Yeah, and he was done with that harsh, those harsh winters in Kansas, and uh, so he moved there at the age of twenty-four um, in nineteen eighty-eight. Um, and he kind of said it was sort of hard to leave that small town because if you come from a small town and think about moving somewhere bigger, um, you know, it's, it's a big adjustment, you know, mo- moving away from your family, your friends, what, everything, you know, a lot of change all at once, a lot of change. And then also, you know, he said, you know, there'll be people around him that will be like, you know, oh, well, small kid trying to move it to the big city to make it like you're just you're a country kid. It. What yeah, are you, yeah. what are you going to do out there, man? You're not that good. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. Like he heard all of that sort of stuff you know but he managed to get out and at the age of 24 he went to la that's super admirable i think that's super cool because you know in the face of that adversity people you know old people older than you telling you like why are you doing that yeah like not believing in him necessarily yeah and and having that 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 willpower to be like no you know that that frame of mind to do it i'm I'm going to do it yeah i want to do it and here i am Exactly. Like, I don't care what you think. So for, for that reason, as I was learning about who this guy was, because like I said, I didn't know who he was, you yeah. know, he gained my respect just right there yeah. as a young person, you know. Yeah. That, that's a big change. That's cool. And this is a whole mindset thing, actually, that I completely forgot to talk about in our last episode on uh, polyphia. 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 Either way. Either way. Um, yeah. Well, let's just backtrack for a second and talk a little bit about that because the, in, in that episode, I forgot to say that um, they had a real mindset about um, just believing that whatever it is that you want to do, you can do mm-hmm. as long as you put in the work and are focused and dedicated to it. Um, yeah. And, and talk- I don't know why I forgot to talk about it because that's a big thing about them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, rewind your episodes. Mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. go check out um, what we said about them. But yeah, I mean, for uh, Sean Lee, it's the same thing. Like he took, he, he's mentioned it more than once. And what I've said is like, is the art of finishing something, you know. So whatever idea you have, you know, just develop skills, work on it, and finish it. You know, he said like, there's so many people that have great ideas but don't have the follow through. Um, but as long as you have like a a, a work ethic and are dedicated to finishing something, then you can get somewhere. And mm-hmm. that is very, I mean, this guy's released 41 albums in 20 years and probably more that we don't know about that right. not released. So totally. yeah, like, yeah, that mindset. And I think that's probably what helped him. He must've, I hadn't heard him talk about that, but he must've had, that must've been ingrained within him in order to like move from his small town to LA to pursue um you know a career in music kind of thing yeah. yeah so we started you know and that's one of the cool things about music and musicians and and making these big changes and doing stuff that you don't think you can do or other people say you can't do you know you're developing a mindset and you're de- developing a philosophy in your head you know about you know who you are and what you are mm-hmm. and you know creating your mind frame and having agency you know like yeah. i am me yeah and i'm in control yeah. And it doesn't matter what other people say. Well, uh, po- the poly... I'm going to keep messing po- up the name. <laughs> Polyphia? Polyphia. Yeah, I think uh, one of those guys said, I can. That was uh, the message that they mm-hmm. had through their music. I can. Nice. So, yeah, to what you're saying, I think um, just have yeah, have that confidence and, uh, and uh, don't listen to the naysayers. Everyone's always going to tell you something negative about not 
you know not able to do it not able to make it and whatever kind of thing and stuff like yeah. that and, and you just kind of have to have confidence and forge through and, and what you're doing yeah yeah that's what we're trying to bring to the table on this podcast i yeah. mean most of the people we talk about especially like the people we're trying to to pick for these episodes they all started as just normal nobody people yeah. who had a dream who had an idea and they went for it yeah and they said i don't care what other people say or think yeah. i'm gonna build what i want to build yeah and you don't have to be f- famous to get there either because it's mm-hmm. like you hadn't heard of sean lee and i hadn't heard of polyphia right so um you know it's like there's a there's a there's worlds there's groups there's people that are out there that are doing it and living following their passions and making a living out of their passions um but you know they're not like hollywood celebrities they're not special not everyone knows about them certain people know about them yeah that are into what they're doing but yeah so i mean that's a big part i think um you know especially of sean lee's career doing that you know so yeah like i say moved there in 88 um so what, do you know the first thing he worked on when he he moved out to la what was his perf- his first move i don't know specifically but it, he said eventually he found himself playing with like other bands uh-huh. and stuff like that so i think it took him a little while to meet people establish and, himself in yeah, the new city and get playing with people and stuff like that but um yeah when he was out there he made some connections with uh, jeff buckley um, I'm not sure in what capacity he collaborated with him. I think he m- maybe might have been a session musician mm-hmm. or something or playing live with him or something. Jeff Buckley, um, esteemed guitarist. Yeah, Is very he... famous guy. I think he committed suicide a long oh, time ago. I didn't know yeah. that. He was based uh, out of LA though? Yeah, um, very influential guy. Totally. Um, I think his dad was a, was very a famous artist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um yeah and so sean was out there doing that he also uh, did some kind of collaborations with the i think the dust brothers who were like a sampling duo who contributed a lot of work to beastie boys early releases and beck's early releases as well um and uh, beck as in beck not jeff jeff beck no beck 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 yeah. beck <laughs> okay cool yeah and um yeah so he was doing that. He was in some bands. He he eventually was in some band that managed to appear on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. and and it and he said for his his uh, people back in his small hometown in Wichita that was like a breakthrough moment because they were like, oh okay, well you're on the Tonight Show. You've you've clearly gone there and made it in a way. Yeah, even if and, there's a bunch of naysayers. Yeah, you know, at some point. Um, that's a huge show. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be on. And, and yeah, he talked about his experience about being there as well. He said, even just being there and being behind the scenes of the show is like, he, he instantly felt like he kind of made it in some way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of the level of professionalism of everyone backstage at the show. He also said he could realize why some people could become assholes because people are hanging around like, what do you need? What can I get for you? And stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can get well, used to that, you know, that ooh, lifestyle. Yeah. Like but, um, this is nice. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, so, you know, coming from a small town and he would run into these other people, you know, yeah. what do they have to say about it? Yeah. You at that point of, of, of that kind of critical acclaim is, you know, being on a show that's as widespread and you know famous and important as that. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, that, that's the same show. Is that the same show? That, like the Beatles went on, and they also made the same um, name for themselves, kind of. 
I'm not in, in American. Sure. Was it Johnny Carson? How far did Johnny Carson go back? Was it in the sixties? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. of the. Uh, maybe I'm getting the, the name mixed up. Another another late show guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But either way, the people in the small town got to give him a little bit of a you know, yeah, little golf clap at least. Like okay, certainly that's am. certainly yeah. something. Yeah. What whoever you are, wherever you came from, if you're, yeah. I, I would be happy to to make it on a show like that, just playing in a band, you yeah. know, for another artist, yeah, totally. singer or something like that. So yeah, yeah. you know. In some ways, he did make it at that point, yeah. and he was still, you know, in his twenties, yeah. you know, still working his way. So I think during this time, he was playing live in bands. I think he was like, he went on tour. He played Lollapalooza, yeah. another landmark event for you know any musician, yeah, for sure. Or artist, I mean, I would playing say. any festival, I would love. That's still something I haven't checked. I've checked a few things off my bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done quite a few, but I haven't played a music festival in front of a large crowd. Right. I managed to play the showbox. Uh, in the market in front of a large crowd which is probably the largest crowd ever and i was like this, but i was on crutches then i had that's a whole nother story oh, i remember that I had I remember an that. injury and shit but you were playing with seattle's own mr dc mr dc yeah uh, and that wasn't that long ago it was only a couple of years cu- maybe yeah a couple of years ago it was uh supporting soul um big hip-hop artist here in seattle right um yeah we we were a support slot for that night and uh which is pretty epic crazy i played the drums with one leg and uh with my, with my hi-hat closed off and Shayhan helped me up on the stage because i only had one oh, leg man. operationally <laughs> still you know the show must go on jay this show must go on and it was a good show i loved it and um yeah but yeah the bucket list of yeah like you say playing something like Lollapalooza or, or a big music festival like that mm-hmm. i still want to do that i'm gonna i'm gonna do that one day one day <laughs> that's on my list too Hopefully yeah. we'll be on that same ticket. There you go. Yeah. I'm down. Let's, let's jam, bro. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he got a publishing deal with EMI. Yeah. Um, that's why he was, he was touring with, you know, bands playing Lollapalooza. Yeah. He and almost signed to, I think it was A&M Records a couple of times. And I think that was kind of his creme de la creme. Yeah. He that said was, he would have loved to have been signed to them. Didn't happen for various reasons. I don't know the reasons, but. Couple Some of deals specifics of down. payments or or non yeah, not or having enough creative um, like oversight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah. So then, I guess like so, his move to London. He was like, um, he said his girlfriend was a singer at the time. I don't. I didn't get her name. Did you get her name at mm. all? So she did. No, I only heard him talk about his his girlfriend, but I didn't get a name either. Yeah. So she he was producing music for her, and she went on a trip to London. And he said she was like always great about making connections with people. So that's right. She went around and networked and found a bunch of people. And um, and one of the people she ended up talking to was uh, this guy Giles Peterson, mm-hmm. who's a very big influential um, DJ in the UK, um, label owner as well. Um, big influence on me as well. I mean, I don't think Signal would have really been here if it. If I hadn't have been inspired by that much, Charles really? Peterson, yeah. I don't. I didn't sure. recognize the name until I came across this research. Yeah, and so she gave uh, her demo to Giles, and they hung out all night, played records, and she also gave him Sean Lee's demo. And uh, yeah, after she arrived back in LA, Giles had like left a voicemail um, on their phone saying that you know it's great to meet you. I want to sign you, and I want to sign Sean as well. Like that's cool phone uh, voicemail to get <laughs> yeah and then so they basically sean and his girlfriend decided to sub let 
their apartment, which they had in Hollywood, and go to London and record her album and record his album. And uh, Giles's label, Talking Loud, paid for the whole trip, put them up in a house, gave them studio access, gave them complete creative control. He said he, he uh, I think he recorded his album first. And then as soon as he'd finished, he went straight to work on recording her album. So at, like at, back to back, yeah. At this point, was he set on living there, or was it a move, a temporary move to get this work done? It was a temporary move to make this work done, yeah. Um, and uh, and then you know he just, uh, I think, kind of probably in the back of his mind, he was like, he said he was kind of done with LA anyway. Been there for seven years. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying a, a yeah. second ago, I think he was he was he was digging what was going on with the music scene in London. Yeah, he said or he, the, the yeah. UK again, not as. Yeah, yeah, geographic yeah. <laughs> thing here but i'm always trying to learn about the yeah no he said like yeah, he, he felt what was going on in london was like more fitting with where he was going musically and right. what he was into versus being in la um which is another gravitational thing so i think it was kind of like it, it seemed like his move initially was sort of like by happenstance and luck mm-hmm. but it was sort of driven by his motivation to want to be there anyway kind of thing yeah um and, and just things happen kind of a beautiful way. coalescence yeah, yeah um of of events that led to yeah um you know puzzle pieces coming together yeah for his story so let's play a track um yeah give me another track it's been yeah we need to play another <laughs> track um so like, i mean he has a bunch of projects well, well yeah okay go ahead i was just gonna say another one um sean lee's ping pong orchestra oh yeah oh sure do you want to uh should we reel off some of his other projects? Oh, yeah, 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 give me, yeah. Um, yeah, so he formed Sean, Lee, Sean Lee's Ping Pong Orchestra. I don't know if there's anyone else other than him, but it's like a different bunch of music, and there's like 10 albums he's released underneath that. Right. And uh, he also formed the Electric Peanut Butter Company, um, along with Adrian Casada. He also releases music under AM and Sean Lee, AM uh, being another... That, collaborator that was one of my favorite projects that i've come across it was really good yeah. um involved yeah. with yeah there's some uh, great shows in there yeah um he's also done stuff clutchy hopkins clutchy hopkins is uh a, is an anonymous producer no one knows who he is people think that he might be mad lib or dj shadow or he might even be uh sean lee himself no one knows really yeah okay i didn't yeah interesting he's great just analog um funk stuff uh, clutchy hopkins and um I, lo- I love seeing some of these names of um we haven't done too many episodes of this yet but already dj yeah. shadows come up in a bunch of our episodes at least four or five yeah in my yeah and in my yeah. research um somewhere who is obviously um in this kind of uh, genre of library music is adrian young yeah mm-hmm. so um in one of my interviews he came up and i think they've they're at least working in the same genre or maybe yeah. I don't know if they've worked on the project together. I didn't get any specifics, but yeah, his name popped up. Yeah. They haven't directly done anything that I've heard that's been released, but they're, I mean, I'm sure they know each other. Like they're in the same realm. Right. Like, uh, musically. So, and just cool synchronicities. I love Yeah, seeing and these cool people come together in ways sure. you never imagine. Um, another pseudonym um, or another group he's releasing music under young gun, silver Fox with, um andy platz um he's a pretty good he's pretty good um in general at coming up with band names i know it's crazy <laughs> yeah and uh soul surfers who i think are a russian band that he collaborated with and 
there's a whole there's a whole crazy backstory to how they um, collaborated and, and got doing stuff as well. You, you got time for story time? <laughs> I didn't come across that, but I, I'll be down for a story. I'll tell it, but first, uh, for a musical interlude. Oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Get I back wanna, on track. Backtrack a little bit, and um, because Sean Lee did make a debut album in 1996 on Giles Peterson's record label called Talking Loud, but it never got officially released. Hmm. Its only release was as a promo in France. I don't know why really? or how, but that was the only thing. I don't know what happened after they, they funded making this album, why it didn't get released, because it sounds really good. And there's some recognizable tracks on there. I feel like he might have like re-released separately where, where, at a different where, time. Where were you able um, to find this? You you can listen to it? Yes. It's not on Spotify, but it's he has a band camp, Sean Lee's band camp. You can go there and you can check out his first album there called Discomfort. You can uh, pay for it or you can just stream it, whichever you prefer. I'm going to play this track, Crying Blue, Till My Eyes Are Red. Hmm. Nineteen ninety six, ladies and gents. I never heard that. It's cool. It's funky. I mean, it's groovy. Still sounds fresh today, and uh, doesn't sound too dissimilar to um, the rest of his releases throughout his discography. Really, he hasn't. It doesn't sound like it's some young guy trying to figure out things. It's like it sounds legit. Like a yeah. He's he's good know. at he's good at creating those vibes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. Based on the stuff that I saw in interviews and stuff. You know, he's just kind of going off the energy in the room. He's like yeah. kind of a vibey guy. He's a super chill guy. Yeah. He's like, you know, you know, yeah. what do I have to work with? You know, I can make it work. He's using, all, I yeah. mean, let's talk about his studio for a second, for example. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some videos and he's in his studio in London, yeah, which he's, he's since moved. Um, I think he found a new studio. But the first one I saw, it looks like he's in like a tiny little closet. Maybe the size yeah. of this room here. Yeah, I think he got a, 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 an initial studio in London, then a new one uh, that now spans two levels, he said. Mm -hmm. He calls it Trans Yank Studios. Which sounds like he's, for a while, for years, he's he's had the acclaim or ability to expand into a larger studio, I would guess. Yeah, yeah well, I think um, uh, through his publishing deal that he got early on before he moved to London... Um, he uh, was able to compose a lot of tracks for film and TV. Um, and uh, yeah, I want I want to talk about that for one second too. And we're kind of like yeah, yeah. blending genres here, but to give everybody listening an idea of how prolific this guy and everything that he's been in, mm. um, he's been in he's had his music featured in stuff like Ocean's Thirteen, mm -hmm. The Breakup, yeah. Confessions of a Shopaholic, yeah. TVs. TV shows like CSI Miami, mm -hmm. Lost, yeah. Desperate Housewives, mm -hmm. Nip Tuck, yeah. Ugly Betty, Eastbound and Down. Um, the list goes on and Mal on. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Really? I didn't even see that yeah. one. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. And then I was going to jump to just other artists. He's worked with like Lana Del Rey, yeah. Amy Winehouse, Alicia Keys, yeah. uh, Princess Superstar. I don't know that one. Um, Natasha Atlas, Money Mark, yeah. Bebe, Georgia Ann. Uh, Muldrow, um, so uh, some big names. Even the Spice Girls and the Spice Girls <laughs> making an appearance again. And I remember watching that movie. Kylie Minogue as well. He's done some stuff with Kylie Minogue. Don't recognize it, but I love it. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of other like British pop stars. Um, I, I was excited to see Lost come up because I don't remember. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't ever guess. I would never have known it was Sean Lee, but I watched Lost. Yeah, so I I certainly heard. Yeah, his music. Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago yeah. without knowing who it was and that's kind of a cool connection to make yeah i mean it's i mean we're trying to be as good as we can guys on this episode of trying to explain the story of sean lee but he's been everywhere right. that yeah it, like and all kinds of different things everyone listening is probably so like what are you guys talking about like yeah. pick, a, pick a category <laughs> exactly. stick it in lane Come but on. this guy's not sticking in a lane and i like yeah. that about him he's on tv yeah. he's yeah, on yeah, movies yeah. he's yeah. creating you know indie albums you yeah. know, kind of orchestral albums. Yeah. And he, this guy's all over the place, although he's hitting the mark every time. And it's it's good and it's consistent. Yeah. He's prolific. He's artistic. He's vibey. He's cool. He's fun. He's chill. He's, yeah, he's all of those things. And also, like, you know, to, to come back to what we were talking about earlier is, like, his his um, mentality of, like, not listening to the naysayers, having a work ethic, having an idea, and seeing it through to completion into finishing mm-hmm. it and uh you know and that's that's why he's been so prolific i think is like i mean it's, it's one thing to like even to be able to come up with the ideas in the first place but in order to like just finish the projects is a whole nother like these are different it's a different things. ball game baby yeah and um yeah like i said we mentioned briefly about um this group called soul surfers and uh i think so kind of what happened to that is he went to russia somehow and i think they're a russian group soul surfers and they backed him up at a live show they like learned all of his songs all the mm-hmm. songs that he was going to play and they were his live band and then um the drummer igor said oh you know after the show do you want to come back to the studio and and make a song make a track it's like yeah sure and so they go back he said it was like really hot summer day in russia like really hot and they go to the studio and he was like this whole time this all was going on he said these people were like miking him up and like filming him and stuff like that and he didn't really get in the what, studio yeah he didn't really get what was going on but like he, it turns out that levi's was like uh, the the gene company was making a documentary about him and he didn't realize in russia <laughs> in, in russia and um, he, he didn't know that levi's was yeah. making a documentary about sean lee not at first he said it infol- <laughs> unfolded during the day that he realized that was what was happening and um so they're in the studio <laughs> filming him like making this track with these guys and um yeah and he said like you know he said they got to the studio at like 10 p.m and he was like he realized this was going to be an all-nighter type situation so they made the track they're filming the whole time he goes back to the uk he like he adds some vocals he finishes it off he sends it back to them the soul surfers and they're like yeah this is really cool like like maybe we should do an ep and he was like She's like, okay, cool, okay. We'll do an EP. And he was like, maybe that's like three or four more songs. It's like, okay. So they do the three or more or four songs. They finish that off. And then like Igor again, like messages him up. And he was like, <laughs> um, maybe we should do an album. <laughs> He's liking the, yeah. the Sean Lee energy. <laughs> and he was like, shit. Cause I was like, I thought <laughs> I was already done with the EP and that. I've been in Russia for so long. Yeah. Cause he's like thinking about how he has to juggle all his projects and stuff like that. And he was like, was like well yeah i want to do that and so they do it and they finish it um it's my bad right now that i can't pinpoint the, the name of the album they did it. but i think it's, it's if you That's look right. at if you look for soul surfers and sean lee you'll find it 
And so they did the Levi's movie got finished as well. And um, it's like a 35 minute film. I think it's called Let the Soul Be. You can find it on YouTube. And uh, he said he's really proud of it because the documentary came out like a really sort of like foreign film art looking piece. He said it was like a fly on the wall type thing. He said it was like really suspenseful and nothing happened, but it just seemed really like cool and stuff like that. Yeah. So I got to watch. So we got to watch that as well, and then we have to watch his library music film as well. Um, we have a whole things. movie day here, at Rooster Grooves off the air. Well, at the New Signal Studios, we can have a, a movie night and we'll spin those movies. And uh, February first is moving day. Signal Studio, new studio location. It's in the history now of upgrading because this episode is now in uh, March. Well. So April or something, when, you, <laughs> when you all lovely people are listening to this we will be in new space already cranking out new episodes moving up so, yeah. love it it's a great space it's gonna be super cool we'll show you guys some pictures as soon as we can absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm pumped to see it i haven't been inside only jay knows guys only yeah. jay knows we'll, we'll be there but um, uh, it's gonna be cool um so yeah. i don't know i guess we can i want to talk about a second for for am yeah so am is a an artist out of Los Angeles. Yeah. AM from LA. Yeah. Letters. What? Just, just, <laughs> oh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just riffing off. AM a- lives in LA. Just, you know, letters. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm, right. I'm just being dumb, Jay, you know? I see, you know me. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> just, I wasn't sure. I'm not going anywhere. That was the end. That's why it was an awkward oh, okay. pause. Oh, okay. There was, there was no punchline. Okay. <laughs> um yeah they, yeah i think actually that's probably how i might have actually first discovered sean lee it was through am and sean lee because mm-hmm. they did come to seattle and they did a kxp live in studio performance yeah and that's what i found and that was super yeah. cool so he was right you know i mean practically up the road from here yeah stones throw away Stones throw. and it was cool so sean lee's playing um am is like an indie artist out of la yeah and um so they connected cross continents yeah. They never met. Yeah, yeah. And and they um so kind of, you know, bring this all back to library music. Mm-hmm. And I think they they were they were both into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um I think uh Sean Lee was talking about some like Italian kind of music. He was into this. Yeah. And you know, Italian style library music. Yeah. And he came across AM on some some internet forums or comments or whatever. Yeah. As far as I know, tell me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think but, you're right. Yeah. But they 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 got together through the internet and started just kind of talking, like, yeah. "Hey, cool cool stuff you got there." You know, talking about different composers, yeah. different artists, different you know styles about library music, about this and that music in general, and they just kind of kept talking and to the point where they were like, "Hey, we should make some music together." Like, this seems legit. You seem legit. You seem legit, you know, vice versa. Sorry yeah. for the people on a uh, uh, non-video who can't see where I'm referring <laughs> to. This doesn't make any sense to you. Hand signals. Hand signals. So, I mean, but they're, you know, they're hooking up together through the internet, uh, you know, fiber optics underneath the ocean or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Through the satellites. I don't know how that stuff works, man. I think it is the ocean. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, cables it, in the ocean. Cables underneath on the floor yeah. of the ocean. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. We don't think about that very often, actually. <laughs> that's what th- yeah. it's. You can look up a map on Google, and it's like really? you can see the cables. That's insane. It's so weird. Yeah, 
You'd think there'd be like a tall telephone pole sticking out of the ocean <laughs> and just like normal, like a street cables going. Or modern but- technology. Now we have satellites, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, back in the day, they just put freaking cables, direct line. So these cool artists are communicating underneath the ocean and different continents, <laughs> talking about library music. This is what's going on, guys. And this yeah. was in the, like the 90s. Yeah. So, or actually, you know, they probably hooked up after, it was a little later than that. But 2000s, yeah. 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 Anyway. AM and Sean Lee are hooking up on the internet about some cool stuff yeah. and they decide to make some music together. Yeah. They they since come out with a bunch of albums like mm-hmm. two or three, four. Yeah, which so? is, is another interesting thing to think about with uh, Sean Lee's collaborations is like, you know, most of the times you think certain artists will will collaborate with someone for maybe just one album mm-hmm. on something. But it, they, but he's not been doing that. He's been like yeah, they have at least, like, what, three albums with AM and Sean Lee? Yeah, it wasn't a one-and-done thing. They yeah. they kept this, and they built this relationship, and I think that's a cool, yeah. beautiful thing. Same it's, with uh, Young Gun Silver Fox as well. Right. With his collaboration with Andy Platts as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a separate thing. Like, and Again, they have, like, two or three albums out, I think. I think yeah. that's a, yeah. it's a cool testament to what this guy, Sean Lee, yeah. is about, yeah. you know, and he's about building cool things and real connections and real networking, not just... How can I better my career by working with this other artist yeah. or doing this project? Yeah. Like he's just like actually legit wants to connect with people. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful thing. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so they were talking about this. They made some albums and they yeah. they created full blown albums and they ended up touring and stuff, but they never met while they were making the albums. Yeah, they only met when they were gonna tour it, I think. Yeah. Like, they in person, they yeah. created an album yeah. cross continentally. Yeah. What do you call it? Intercontinental, inter... Transatlantic. Trans- oh, I don't know. Transatlantic, yeah. <laughs> intercontinental words. Continental breakfast. Yes. <laughs> Reminds me I'm of... In, uh, I'm in continent. Key and peel. Did you ever see that? <laughs> Is that? Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. That's one of the best clips. Check yeah. that out on YouTube, everybody. Yeah. Hmm, did someone <laughs> say continental? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great yeah. skit. Yeah. That was a great skit. Anyway, that's the digression. Yeah, yeah. Peels, he's he's turning into a cool director. Yeah. I haven't actually seen any of those movies. It's terrible. I saw his first one, which was, I think... Get Out. Get Out. I'm still supposed to see Get Out. I just like, you know, when things are like come around and like everyone's (laughs) talking about it, I'm like, I don't know. And and now everyone's everyone's talked about it to the point where they might have given away the plot to me. And I just need to like, you know, just go watch it myself. Yeah. Without knowing. Totally. Did you see it? I think I saw the first one, but what's the second one? I think he came out with another one. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the second one's called. I didn't see it yet, but it's on my list. I'm not like a horror guy. Yeah. And it's kind of like horror, but I I know he throws other things like comedy and stuff and it makes it a a well-rounded good movie. Um, But anyway, this is not a movie podcast. I'm sorry (laughs) for all you guys who are like, why am I listening to this? Mm. Um, So AM and Sean Lee create some cool albums. Let's play a little bit of it so I can go to the restroom. That sounds good. Can you, can we get a little AM and Sean Lee, um, Diddy, Bopper? I don't, I, I know I'm, I'm having a Jesse moment right now. I have those a lot. Where I, you, you must do. Because you're <sighs> being Jesse, you would have Jesse. <laughs> Where, like, I know there was some really good tracks off this album, but I don't know what the names of them are. So Totally. That's totally a Jesse moment. I would, if 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 we had, you know, the, the, the control that I would like, it would be cool to play one of their live from KEXP oh. things. We don't have that prepared. We can look it up on YouTube. 
and play it live off of YouTube. AM and Sean Lee. If that's if that's possible, let's do that. Because that'd be cool. Because I watched that whole performance and I I ended up stopped doing my notes and everything, and I just like watched it because yeah. these guys are jamming and I didn't know who AM was either. Yeah, yeah. And he's just got some cool vocals, yeah. cool cool lyrics, and and they really vibe and gem together, and it's fun to watch them. Yeah. And nine uh, years ago they recorded this but yeah already nine years ago yeah i thought it was cool because like uh, somewhere in that performance they switch instruments too yeah and yeah. and like sean lee's like this producer guy he's a drummer you know i think in this thing he was mostly playing bass and then he switched to guitar yeah but it's just a testament to like the the musicality of this gentleman yeah uh, it's super cool um let's spin it we might also probably get an ad for kxp in here which is okay. They're, you know, they're a good station. They ain't paying for this placement, though. I have to say that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't check them out, but go check out signalradio.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, this track I'm going to play here is from their live performance in oh, October of 2011. Cool. KXP is dope. Check it out also. Yeah, and this track is called Somebody Like You. Dope. Point three KEXP worldwide at KEXP.org. AM and Sean Lee live here on the morning show. It is impossible not to move around a little. Are we on? Are we live? <laughs> we are. This isn't KEXP. Signal Radio, Seattle, Washington. Yes. SignalRadio.com. Roost the Grooves. Roost, <laughs> Roost the Grooves. But um, super cool live performance by AM and Sean Lee on KEXP right up the road from where we are here yeah. at Signal Radio Studios shout in out, Seattle, Washington. Shout out Kevin Suggs, um, the audio engineer over there. He, uh, I worked with him when we did our session over there. Nice. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Good so. sound too. I mean, that sounded cool. Um, so, you, I mean, hopefully everyone can get the vibe. Like that was a very, that was literally live. Um, you know, Sean Lee and AM and other musicians in the same room playing. Yeah. That's what live means, everybody. Live, live. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just a cool thing to see. I came across that and I was pumped to see that. Yeah. Being these people from, you know, working in different continents. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, it was funny because uh, also back in Sean Lee's discography, he did some production work and musicianship work on an album by Nigo or Nigo. Um, he's a streetwear designer from Japan, and he came out with an album called Ape Sounds, not related to Ape Breaks. That oh, um, I was gonna say that. I was like, what? Yeah, but um, that was an album. I actually did a show on that. Uh, it's on YouTube. It keeps coming up and down because of the copyright issues. But hmm. I do have a show back there where I, I celebrated that album. And I didn't know that he was involved with it at all until recently when I did that show, actually. And I found out that Sean Lee was all over it as a producer and musician, um, which is a great album as well. It's very sort of breakbeat and... Um, atmospheric hip-hoppy mm-hmm. money mark is on there as well i think on a few tracks so, nice um, um but yeah that's a digression yeah but um yeah am and sean lee was the first time i discovered sean lee um for real and then was able to sort of just look him up from there and and figure out that i'd actually heard some of his songs played like i feel like to be honest with you because Charles peterson did sign him for his first debut album that didn't come out mm-hmm but I want to say that I think I've actually heard Giles play 
some of his tracks when I used to listen to Giles' radio show in the UK back in like the late 90s. Didn't even so, know it. So I didn't even know it. And, uh, you know, that's how these things go, right? You, uh, you know, you hear these tunes and you're like, you forget about them and then you rediscover them and you're like, yeah. That's that's the yeah. beauty of music. It could be sitting around yeah. for for years, ages, yeah. and especially with this guy because he's been around in all kinds of like behind the scenes of this, that, and the other. It's like yeah. you know, it's probably more often than not. Actually, if you're listening to this now, you've definitely heard him play, whether you knew it or not, I'm, like on Spice sure. Girls or something like that. You know, so. if you watch Spice Girls or you watch Lost, yeah. like there's something that you've heard this guy on, and that yeah. that's my case. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying for me personally. Did you watch the entire Lost seasons? Yeah. All of it from I, beginning I, to end? Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, you've definitely heard it then. Yeah, um, exactly. I, and I, I didn't even know. that. Was, I watched that like 10 years ago. Yeah, I didn't make it past season two. I think I actually moved to America whilst those seasons were happening, so I lost track mm. of it. But, um, Fair enough. But um, anyway, I hear it had a possibly a more gratifying ending than Game of Thrones. Yeah, but I think uh, it's it kind of suffers from the same thing. Not yeah. as bad as Game of Thrones, as far as I know. Yeah. But it was kind of... Uh, the whole show was kind of always mysterious yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and weird. So it could have ended up any way. The Others. The Others. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. The Others. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it yeah. got weird. I mean, I think in episode one, there was a polar bear on the, yeah, yeah. you know... Um, um you know jungle yeah it was the weird black smoke or something was that a thing yeah there was a smoke monster okay yeah Yeah. there was a lot of weird stuff cool show yeah yeah. i recommend it it was very interesting did you watch all of game of thrones i also did you know what i this is this is terrible i've only ever watched the very first episode of game of thrones okay and the very last episode oh why would you do that? The very first one, uh, I was with someone and was like, yeah, let's watch this. Let's get into it. And we were like, well, that's long. We we're like, this is like watching a movie. Like, I don't have time for this. And then I was with someone else who was so excited about the season finale. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and watch it. I don't care. I haven't seen it anyway. So I've, yeah, I've watched the very that's first one. Though. Quite a dynamic thing. <laughs> I, I mean, skipped I'm, the entire rest of the, I w- of the weather. I, I wouldn't recommend yeah. doing that. No, probably not. For any, no, any don't do that. Listeners who it, are wondering what you should do. It's not like about albums on him where we're like, yeah, go back to the very first album. Mm-hmm. And then the, no, don't do that. That with, is something uh, you can do with Sean Lee. Start anywhere you want. Anywhere, yeah. You'll probably yeah. get something cool. If it's not your vibe, go to the next thing and you'll probably find something that you'd enjoy. Yeah, that's the cool thing with uh, Sean Lee. I feel like you, you can dive into any point in his discography and then go backwards and forwards. Um, the only thing I feel like that some people might find a bit jarring is some of his albums where it's just like drums or percussion kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people aren't into just like listening to, you know, stuff that doesn't have like melody and vocals and, right. and stuff like that. Funny enough, that's where I started. Like a, we started <laughs> yeah. on the episode... <laughs> You and know, you were like, "What's the Let's check out this cool album, Eight Breaks. I bet it's yeah, good because yeah, yeah. Jay knows good music, and you know. Yeah. I mean, which is good if you're into <laughs> music and you like breaks and just like listening to breaks. But, um, but yeah, um, those are probably like the most obscure things of his. But, but yeah, other than that, like his full albums with instrumentation and vocals, and then his collaborations that we just talked about, mm-hmm. I think is like a really good sort of um, way to sort of get into what he's doing and he's just very consistent along along the whole way i don't he's not drastically different really in in, in any of this music i don't feel like yeah he's um, not going too far out of left field he's yeah. not he's not recreating genres 
Yeah. Really. And I'm not trying to talk down in this way, but he's just doing what he knows how to do very well consistently. Um, and yeah, I don't, I I don't mean to sound that in a negative connotation in any way, because he's obviously very successful and he does what a lot of artists would love to be able to do with working with different artists, different, you know, mediums and areas on TV, on movies, on albums, records, um, different studios across the world. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. Yeah. He's a great discography. Mm-hmm. He's a great story. He's he's a tried and true, you know, musician's musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying he's not recreating genres or... Yeah, he's not like... he's he's He experiments, I think, not with genres, but with musical instruments. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, kind of, we mm. never got back to what... His we studio and all that, yeah. Right, yeah, because I'm just... You know, we can throw this at the end of the episode. You know, his studio is just full of racks of... Um, keyboards, synths. Mm-hmm. He has just, I don't know, boxes or wherever he keeps it, just random percussion, percussion instruments. I don't know what they would be called even. They're just they yeah. do hickeys, you could say. Yeah. And he's playing it with a, a, a string. Yeah. What do you call it? A bow? Yeah. yeah. A bow, but it, you know, it's not a stringed instrument. He's just making noise with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Different I would love... shakers, all kinds of stuff. I would love to be in a studio because it, it just yeah. he seems like someone that's like every time he comes across an instrument that he doesn't have or own, he'll like get it. He wants it. You know, or just like, you know, all kinds of weird things like from toy. I've seen one in um, one um, sort of video of him in a studio and it has all these like weird toy instruments as well that are like made for kids. They're not like real instruments. Like, yeah. you know, he has all that stuff as well. Yeah. So he has the ability to like create all these sounds. And I think that's like, that is a playground. Like, cause if you're in a studio, just, you know, oh, I'm like, I'm laying down some organ just because I just opened up the organ and I right. came up with a riff on it. And I was like, oh, you know, that would sound really good with a weird, like springy sounding percussive thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got that over the, you know, I got he, it. He can just like on command create without, instead of like downloading samples or searching the internet for sounds, mm-hmm. like he has it all within reach right. to be able to create organically those crazy sounds and stuff like that. And yeah, for me, that's like, I don't know if I've said it before on this episode, maybe I have, or on this podcast in general, but, um, you know, I'm not someone that really likes making music on the computer. Like I don't like looking at a computer screen and following like the, the timeline and cutting things and staying in bars and like to me that's not making music to me that's like graphic design or something cool yeah it's like it's not it's too visual and i like i like to just listen and um and also just organically as well like i just like to play things and make sounds and and then mess mess with it afterwards kind of thing that's that's the vibe i get from this guy based on these videos that i've seen he's just using you know, quote unquote instruments that aren't instruments really. Yeah. Toys, random things. Yeah. Banging things from drumsticks on a table yeah. to random tubes knocking on the side of his chair by his microphone. Yeah. He's just, he's in a playhouse. Yeah. You know, like and you then, said, he's in a fun house. Yeah. And then on top of those instruments, he does have all, you know, the microphones yeah. and vintage mics. And he has like racks of like compressors and, gear and like this one video where he has like this reverb unit that literally has springs inside the rack thing and he's literally right. just banging it on purpose like the outside of the unit and like right. it's creating these weird sounds yeah i saw a video and he had some kind of um 
box or something and he's yeah, like yeah. yeah hit record yeah, yeah and he's like literally shaking it to the beat that yeah, he wants yeah, like yeah, to yeah. like get the like the instrument is already doing what it's doing on the inside yeah, yeah. with the strings or tubes or whatever that yeah. you know whatever he's doing but he's he's still being physical with his instruments and whatever objects he's using so this brings up an interesting topic that we've talked about before then um, you know how we talked in a Krungbrin episode about how they limit themselves, or at least uh, Mark Spear limited himself with his guitar setup? Yeah, give yourself a little bit of limitations yeah. in order to help yourself be more creative. Yeah, and also with Adrian Young in not having computers in the studio and only right. being organic kind of thing. So Sean Lee is like completely opposite, where he's like, the world is the limit. Any instrument you want, anything you want, like... So, so we've got two ends of the spectrum here because mm -hmm. I, I feel like there is value in both. Um, like, you know, limiting yourself to see how much, how many combinations of sounds and riffs and things you can come up with on this limited set of equipment. Right. But then in Sean Lee's case, just having like a whole toy store of like limitless possibilities kind of thing. Yeah. It's he, like the other end of the spectrum. Like you can have an idea in your mind about a sound and then see what's in this room that you can grab to go create it sort of thing. Yeah. So they're both they're both valuable approaches. I think there isn't. It's not one hundred percent. Yeah. Whatever you're yeah. more comfortable with, and that's yeah. the beauty of what we're making this podcast about. Yeah. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Sometimes limiting yourself can help yourself be more creative. And Some, then other times not. They're other times not. It's you can like... do literally anything. Make record that door shutting. Record yeah. crumpling paper in the mic. Yeah. Literally anything is on the table, and nothing is wrong. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. Um, you know, just, yeah, it's just, that's, that's the interesting thing. And that's the thing. There's so many ways about going about this, right. About creating music. And I think, you know, individually, if you're out there and, you know, like us, like thinking about making music and stuff like that is like, you know, what, what approach would you do? You know, like I'm like learning all of these techniques and approaches from all these artists we're talking mm -hmm. about and I'm, and it's swirling around in my head like about how I would go about creating right. like a track or a project sort of thing and, and thinking about just everything I've heard from people that we've talked about on this show sort of thing is, is part has become part of my inspiration now, you know? Totally. Um, That's what we're here for. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just very interesting. You can pick and choose what you want to do. And it can maybe help you through writer's block as well, probably like, you know, if something's not working, if it's not working, you try the complete opposite of what you're trying. Yeah, try the complete opposite. That's a really good. That's a good thing for all writers' block, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not, try something completely the opposite and see if it's. It doesn't have to. Well, this is yeah. the way that I write, though. <laughs> it's the way I've always done it. Yeah. Like just do something completely different, and yeah. that will ignite you know new you know synapses yeah, yeah, firing in your yeah, brain and yeah, create yeah. new pathways yeah. neurally and you'll find new things yeah and that's what yeah. it's about discovery yeah you know yeah. that's what we're here to do discover new artists discover yeah. new perspectives philosophies yeah. journeys yeah and ways absolutely and and all the things that you can do real quick i wanted to shout out his engineer, who he seems to be oh, yeah, pretty yeah. tight with, Pierre. French guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a French gentleman named Pierre. I can't think of his last name. Can you help me out? I don't mm. know. If I, <laughs> I can't, sorry. Look him out, but I'm shouting him out because he's a dope guy and he seems he knows what he's talking about and he's like right there with yeah. Sean in Helping the studio. Him. He's yeah. like his right-hand man. 
There's so a they, great uh, video yeah on YouTube of showing them together working, like creating a track in like a couple of hours or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I watched that as well, and yeah. for that specific reason, I gotta shout out Pierre yeah. for his um his his help with the collaboration of what Sean Lee's coming up with. Yeah, yeah. That that that's incredibly freeing, and not all of us have that um access to help like that um to to a a a collaborator that's that close with you to to help you deal with some of the technical stuff within your studio and with your computer and your instruments and plugging things in where they go and yeah and creating different sounds you know while you get to create you know concepts and ideas yeah and you know you know, creating what you're thinking about in your imagination. Yeah, super rare. Like a really great engineer mm-hmm. in the studio to be able to like, you know, not impede your thing. Like, yeah. You know, not being like, oh, I got this great idea. Oh no, sorry, man. That's going to take me like five hours of rewiring things and I don't want to rewire things. Like, no. Yeah. You, you, Someone that's like, you know, yeah, okay, let's do it. Well, here we go. You like, have this, yeah. you have this energy. You're like, yes, I'm mm. going to do that. I'm going to do yeah. Oh wait, why isn't the keyboard playing on the sound? Why isn't it coming out of the speakers? Why can't I hear it? Oh, oh, you got to think of, I got to plug it in. I got to do this. I gotta do and then you, you, lo- you lose the idea. You lose the vibe. Yeah. And this is something that's, that Sean Lee was talking about. And, and this is something that having an engineer like Pierre, I'm really sorry. I can't think of his, I can't find his name. I didn't write that down or something for some dumb reason. Mm. Um, if maybe maybe Jay's gonna do a, a a hero move right now and search it while I'm talking, because it's super valuable to have and and I wouldn't um, have forgiven myself if we talked about this this guy Sean Lee and yeah. how um, proact- Pierre Pierre Duplan Duplan there it is yeah. we got it yeah Pierre Duplan French engineer yeah works with Sean Lee it seems like their their style they they work they they work from like 10 to 2 p.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They take like an hour and a half lunch. Yeah, yeah. Then they come back and work till like 8 p.m. or 9. And they're like... And they're, they're tight. Studio is like right next door to like the... Uh, I think it's the National Museum or something um, in London. Sure, I, think, I don't I think, know. I think it's the National... Like, yeah. Um, You've been there? I've been to the museum, yeah. And I was like... I think one of the reasons I went there as well was like to see if I could see Sean Lee like walking out around outside. Nice. Because <laughs> I know his place is like right across the... Place. Well, you're saying on another episode that you saw David Albarn just walking around by you? Yeah, man. Every time I go back to London, I see Damon Albarn. Did I say David? Him. Damon. Damon. Oh, you know what? So I've seen him like three times. Like uh-huh. my, my last two um, uh, uh, run-ins with him was just walking past his local pub and he's like out there like right. drinking. I really want to just go next time. I'm going to go get a bro, pint just, and just going to sit outside and smoke a cigarette. With yeah, hey, bro, I got you a pint. Fist bump, something walking by. Yeah, but the very first time I saw him was in a in a music store in a Tottenham Court Road in London, and this is before Gorillas. And uh, wow, I was I was in there, and it's like this music store that has like all these like it was kind of like had all this like latest keyboards and samplers and That's technology in there, and I was just hanging out in there. And then Damon Auburn come through and he was just like, he was, he was just like pointing at things like on the wall. I want and like, that one. Yeah, exactly. I want yeah. that one. And I was like, there was this one awkward moment where I was like, I was trying to walk around these two guys that were in the way. And so was he, Damon Auburn was right there. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Like he was like literally right next to me. And I was like, 
in my mind, I was like, I'm trying to get around these people. And then I was like, you're Damon Auburn. Like, <laughs> There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And then I just saw him like point at things. I think he was like buying shit to do the gorillas thing. Cause it was before gorillas. So. That's insane, man. What a cool yeah. story. So this is the thing. Like next time I see him, I'll be like, dude, like I've, you don't know me, but I've like, but I've, I, I've I know you. In, <laughs> I've been around you like three times. I, I've, and we, we've brushed shirts. Yeah. And, like, and also he is an inspiration to me. I, I think he's really, well, I, I'm inspired by what, oh, yeah. what he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that guy's a, he's yeah. awesome. I, yeah, I all these different projects. Agree. Actually, he's someone we should just do a show on, regardless of Blur and Gorillas. Like, we should just do a Damon Albarn show. Sure, that's a little yeah. more of an yeah. underground kind of vibe yeah. for Roots to Grooves. We're not trying yeah. to hit the Lady Gaga's, the Beatles, the, <laughs> the Ed Sheeran's right off the top, you know, guys. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're yeah. trying to get the, that mid-range people who are, who we're trying to, you know, show people maybe somebody who you don't know, you haven't heard about. Exactly. Hopefully so. Because he's not that big in America, I think. Gorillas are big. People know gorillas, I think, in America, but they don't know. They, but they don't know who's behind it. Or whatever. They don't know. Yeah. He's not as much of a household name. Yeah. As as maybe in the UK, he's maybe yeah, a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely, yeah. You would know more than me, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got on Sean Lee. Awesome dude. Yeah. Check it out. Tons of stuff. Um, his ping pong orchestra, AM and Sean Lee. Mm-hmm. Sean Lee. It, himself on spotify look it up yeah uh you got anything else to throw in this man i'm done i'm got it. i got it i mean i mean this i can continue talking about this guy all day to be honest with you there's uh, a lot to talk about for sure i'm trying to find right now like a good track to end on um but i don't know there's just so many so many things I f- we'll pull up one for us real quick i mean yeah. This guy's got albums on albums on albums. I we're we're not we haven't talked about half of the stuff he's created. Yeah, it's it's literally like I can just I'm I'm scrolling right now. Just scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> yeah, he, heck of singles. He's he's worked with you know Lana Del Rey. These these huge names. Yeah, you know I don't know. You got you got a track pulled up yet? I'm just killing time right here. Uh, well, I have no idea what this is going to sound like, but I'm just going to play it. We're going to, um, it's from 2008. It's his collaboration with Clutchy Hopkins. Cool. Um, who may or may not be Sean Lee himself, or maybe, no one knows who Clutchy Hopkins is. No one knows. Could be Mad Lib. No one knows. Um, uh, I I don't know what this is going to sound like, but I'm just going to play the first track off the album called Full Moon. Word. If you guys know, let us know. If you know who Clutchy Hopkins is. Yeah, any of yeah. our listeners I'm speaking to, if you got any corrections about Sean Lee or any cool stories, hit us up. Give us that email, Jay. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. That's what I'm looking e- for. E- email us. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Jesse That's it. Quigley. Jay Purcell. This is Roots to Grooves. We shall see you next week. Peace. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.